The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Welcome to another episode of Table Talk. So we are going to be talking about the unpardonable sin. This is a topic that has been greatly misunderstood by a great number of people. And Dave is laughing at me again. Yeah, I was just wondering why you came in so excited to talk about the unpardonable sin. Like, Aren't you? There's good news here. There is good news. There is good news. <laughs> uh, okay, so, hang, uh, on, hang on a second. Hang on. Yes, give us a morbid... Well... Today, we're going to talk about... <laughs> All right, that'll part do. Of, okay, <laughs> Enough of that. Yeah. Come on, I can't keep you happy. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. So, this is probably a subject with which um, I'm going to guess a lot of people are, are somewhat familiar experientially. Mm. Um, I know when I was a young young Christian, and I think you guys probably can relate to this, mm. um, I, I worried about this very thing. Like, had I actually committed the unpardonable sin because I, I kept making the same mistakes over and over again, mm, and I yeah. must have therefore been grieving God. I can relate to you that. You can relate to that? I can relate to that. And then you rush off, confess your sins to God, and then you're <laughs> yeah, all like, hey, I, yeah. I can breathe again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was doing... Uh, so, I used to be a Bible worker, and when I was a Bible worker, I would study with all kinds of people, and... For some reason, God seemed to often bring into my path people that were, were very broken. Mm. So, just needed a lot of love, a lot of tenderness. And um, so, there was this one particular guy, and I had this question with a lot of my contacts, but there was this one particular guy who was he was fixated for several weeks on the fact that he had committed the unpardonable sin, right? Mm-hmm. And so, he was just constantly worrying. And he knew worrying. that for a fact, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was just constantly worrying about, you know, you know have I, haven't I? Uh, is it is it um, even possible that I haven't committed the unpardonable sin because I just keep going back like a dog to the vomit, back to the same thing over and over and over again? Mm. And uh, I had to have this this conversation with him, and I sat down with him. I said, "Mate, are you are you hearing yourself? Mm. Like, what is it that you're experiencing right now? Like, I, I, do you feel sorry for your sins?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah." feel terribly sorry and I just feel like I'm going to be lost over it mm. and I'm like well then you haven't committed the unpardonable sin obviously yeah and he's like what do you mean and I'm like are you still breathing mm. he's like yes and I'm like then there's still hope isn't there and I think it's so often the case that we dismiss um, the possibility of forgiveness mm. and in dismissing the possibility of forgiveness because our sin is so great mm. what are we doing we're, we're magnifying, <laughs> yeah, and we're yeah. magnifying sin over the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah, like how dare we? Yeah. <laughs> how uh-huh. dare we? You know, say that Jesus is not enough for our sin. Yeah, right. And yet, it's an experience common to all. And so, I'm certainly not bagging you out if that's that's where you're at, because I've been there. Mm. I've been there mm. many, many times where I've just wondered: Is it possible for God to forgive me from yeah. this? Basically, if you ever think that you've committed the unpardonable sin, yeah. and you are, rest. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. If you think you've done it and that causes you a degree of anxiety, that's a really good sign that you haven't. Yeah. So, <laughs> the unpardonable sin. It's more of a case of not the. Um, sin that you haven't confessed it's rather the sin that you don't want to confess to yes. or not repent to yeah yeah so sure. true so true so um, let's define our terms we, we've been talking about this unpardonable sin as though everybody knows what we're talking about and probably most of them do but mm. for those who maybe have, aren't familiar with the term let's let's define our terms mm. where does this come from this idea of the unpardonable sin where did you guys first come across it 
probably the uh, most well-known place would be Matthew. Yeah. So Matthew chapter 12. Yeah. Yep. 12, uh, Matthew chapter 12, 31 and 32. Mm-hmm. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whoever so speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever so speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Hmm. Strong language, isn't it? Oh, Very. Yeah. And it's in red It's no letters. wonder we get terrified, isn't it? Like, yes. as, a, as a baby Christian, you read something like that, no wonder you're going to get <laughs> freaked out. So, but we have to ask ourselves, there's a couple of things we have to ask <laughs> ourselves to make the passage make sense. Yep. Firstly, we have to ask, what is blasphemy? So, okay. what would you say blasphemy is? Defining our terms, what's blasphemy? So, Jesus was accused of blasphemy when he claimed to, to himself to be God. Yes. Yeah. So, is that is that a good definition? Oh, I, I would say putting so. Putting yourself in the place of God? Basically, yeah. putting yourself in God's shoes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, you're saying so blasphemy against the, the Holy Spirit. And so, essentially, that would be putting yourself in the place of the Holy Spirit yeah. Yeah. to a degree. Yeah. So, if, if well, okay, now let's ask ourselves, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Or some of the roles of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever felt a, um, your conscience every yeah. time you do something yeah. niggling at you? Mm-hmm. That would be the Holy Spirit coming and knocking. Right. So the Holy Spirit brings to us the, the knowledge of sin, conviction, and repentance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are putting yourself in the Holy Spirit's shoes and taking his job, you're essentially putting yourself in that position where you are you're resisting his work and you're doing what you want instead. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So if his work is to convict you of sin, you're standing and, and saying, well, no, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm resisting mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's work. Mm-hmm. Yep. So is that, so, a, is that a fair yeah. breakdown? Yeah, I think it was maybe a little bit jumbled with some things that are, mm-hmm. are important, mm-hmm. but I, th- I think we can probably work from there. Yeah. So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. shall not be forgiven unto men. Why not? Mm. Well... We just said the role of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is to bring us to repentance, mm-hmm. conviction. Mm-hmm. And so if we resist the Holy Spirit, then we can't bring ourselves to repentance and conviction mm-hmm. because that gift isn't available to mm-hmm. us. Yeah, basically we're entrenching ourselves in the sin by doing so. Mm. And that's that pushes God away and yeah, we fall deeper into sin. Mm. It, it's, it's like, uh, the, the way I see it anyway, it's like, God has provided a means by which we can be saved, right? Mm-hmm. And like we like we tried to belabor at the beginning, mm-hmm. that means by which we can be saved is is able, yeah, mm-hmm. well able to, yeah. to to save us from all manner of mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. Jesus kind of made that point in the beginning of that Jesus verse. sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. So so all kinds of sin can be forgiven as a result of Christ's death upon the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the next question then is if that is true. If, if we can, in fact, be uh, redeemed from all sin, mm. then, then what is it? What is this thing that we cannot be saved from? And, and so it's like God has poured all of himself into this, into this gift, into this remedy. And so the, the thing that we can't be saved from is if we're not willing to accept the remedy, right? Mm. Yeah. It's yes. a rejection of God's gift. Yes, mm. that's right. And so God's, God's gift of the Spirit then is to remind us of His gift of the Son, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, you, you quoted the verse there in John where it says, Jesus says that the Spirit would be, um, that would convict us of sin and of righteousness yes. of judgment, right? Mm. But the other thing that Jesus says is that He would teach you all things concerning 
himself. Me, right? Yeah. Jesus. Mm. So the Spirit would reveal to us Jesus, would reveal to us the sacrifice, would reveal to us the, the love, mm. would reveal to us the principles. And so without the Spirit, then we don't have any of that. Yeah, so we're mm. rejecting that. And, and it's as if we're telling, we're telling God how to run the universe, really, isn't it? Yeah. When we're rejecting God's message to us, we're mm. saying, no, no, I think, I think this is a better way. Which is what comes back to blasphemy, putting yourself in the Holy Spirit's shoes. Yeah, So yeah, you're putting absolutely. yourself in God's place. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. So I think uh, there's a really good verse in Hebrews chapter 10, mm. um, which talks about this kind of concept. And, and maybe we'll expand a little bit upon what we read in Matthew. Mm. It says, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no sacrifice for sins. Now, that's really strong language. We'll come back to it. Mm -hmm. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fire indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under the two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he, he be thought worthy, who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite to the Spirit of grace. So what God is saying to us here through the book of Hebrews, I feel, is that he's, like I said before, he's laid everything out for us on the table, everything he possibly could in the gift of his son. And he's saying, if, if I've done all of that and you willfully sin against that, there's nothing else that I can do to save you, right? It's not to say that if you sin against that and, and reject that, the then, sacrifice is no longer for you. Yes. That's what it's not saying. That's what right. it is saying, though, is that the sacrifice cannot come past what it's already, how far out God has already come towards mm. you. He cannot come any further. Yeah. He cannot do any more for yeah. you than he's already done because he's given everything. Mm. Right? That's, that's exactly right. And that passage that you read, mm -hmm. the first time I read that, mm -hmm. I was in a very legalistic mindset mm -hmm. and that flat out gave me the heebie-jeebies. I, I was, <laughs> I am not kidding. I was, I read that and I thought, oh, wow, how many times have I sinned after actually accepting Christ? Yeah. What, what, you know, am I, have I achieved this? Have yeah. I gone past this? Yeah, like, you're treading under the foot, the son of God, man. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah absolutely. And that was, that was my feeling on it. Yeah. And I remember the immense, really, to be perfectly honest, I couldn't come up with a, a good enough answer for that for at that point, and so I'm just I'm just not going to look at that. Yeah, text. I'm, I'm going to ignore that. I'm just going to ignore that. I don't. That, that's not in scripture. That's just not there for me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. my Bible. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's that's white paper. You know, like, like, like Tipex. <laughs> it's scratched out. And uh, when I eventually heard a, a sermon on it, um, I heard a, a, a pastor preaching on it, and I was like. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what, what that text means. <laughs> yeah. It makes so much sense when you read it in the context, but it hadn't up until Fancy that point. That. You know, so. reading something in its context. Wow. I know. <laughs> what? It just stops so much pain. Why do we do it to ourselves? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. But so, that's the concept. So there's kind of a parallel passage to that in mm. like earlier on in the book of Hebrews. Mm. And, and Hebrews I've, chapter six, right? That's right. And yeah. I've sort of mm. purposely read the, the last one first mm. because it kind of related better to the book of Matthew. Mm. But mm. if you really want to understand what it means to commit the unpardonable sin, th there's a list here in Hebrews six yeah. of but, all the I'll, things that you've got to you've got to reject <laughs> yeah. before so, you can do that. I'll read from uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Hmm. And so again, that last part creeps you out until you yes. fully understand it. Because you feel like, oh, well, there you go. See, I've fallen away. 
Yeah. It's impossible for, for me to be renewed to repentance now. But you also have to understand that this passage is built on the Israelite experience in, in the desert, right? So it's talking about their uh, their experience for the impossible for those who have been enlightened. So they, they received the messages from God. They've tasted the heavenly gift. So that would be manna, have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. So this is mirroring their experience and basically saying, if that's not enough... Yeah. then that's it. That's everything. Yeah. God has given everything possible for their redemption, brought them out of Egypt, took them to the borders of the promised land. And if they choose not to go in, yeah. that's not God's fault. Yeah. What else can he do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I feel like we're belaboring this point, yeah. but I'm glad we are because it's so, it's so misunderstood. And it's so crucial, hey, to yeah. understand that God has done everything possible for us to be in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Mm. Right? He has made it, like you just said, just a walk across a river that he'll part for us for yeah. crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. um, that's all we have to do to enter into the promised land because of the preparation that he has made. Mm. And yet, if we will reject all of that preparation that he has he has thrown out the red carpet for us to walk mm. down, essentially, yeah. mm. uh, if we, you know, I, there's five real, I don't know whether you noticed, those are incredibly massive things that it said that we're rejecting. Yeah. It's impossible for those who were once enlightened. Mm-hmm. So, so if, if you were to look at that, you know, from, you know, a, a, a minimalistic perspective, you could probably say, oh, well, that just means, you know, you, you understand something of the gospel and blah, 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 blah. No, no. Like you just said, that to them, that was that was them being, being brought out of um, Egyptian slavery. Mm-hmm. That was for them to have been, been seen God face, face to, to face. face yeah. At Sinai. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moses, enlightened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? This is this is the kind of enlightenment it's talking about. Tasted of the heavenly gift. That was every day mm-hmm. by a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> every day yeah. they received a miracle from God in the manner that was given to them. And and so they're seeing God real face to face, like really tangible ways in their lives on, on a daily, regular basis. They're entering into relationship with him, becoming partakers of the Holy Ghost, partnering with God, right? So, so that they're, yeah. they're becoming one flesh, if you mm-hmm. like to use mm-hmm. the biblical language. Yeah. They've tasted of the good word of God and of the powers of the world to come. Like we said, they've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Mm-hmm. And so God's saying, if I pave the way for you with such, like, such a, a, a mm-hmm. profound and such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just um, complete mm-hmm. method yeah. and you reject that, I'm sorry, but I I don't I I'm lost for yeah. ideas. You know yeah. what? I, I've 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 poured out everything in my Son Jesus Christ for you. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I've got nothing else to give. Yeah. And so if yeah. we won't accept what God has given us, then there's nothing else that He can do yeah. to save us. Yeah. It's like as if heaven is on the other side of a, a chasm. You know, and the gap might might be you know 50 meters wide, and God has built the bridge, and and we go, no, I'll jump it. <laughs> I think I'll jump it. I'll be fine. You yeah, know? It, it, it's that stupid. Yeah, it is that stupid. Yeah. Mm. Uh, income. Mm. So, um, I feel like uh, we've we've done a really good job at presenting what the Bible actually means. Yeah. So, some of the misconceptions about the unpardonable sin. Mm. What would you say they are? I that think- um, I've done such bad stuff in my life that. God can just never forgive me. Yeah, so it's, it's, they almost feel like it's a quantity-based thing. Yeah. I have the quantity of sin on my shoulders is too big for even God to fix. Mm-hmm. Jesus' mm-hmm. sacrifice wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So okay. That's one. Yeah, also yeah. the type. So some people mm-hmm. would, would point to things like homosexuality, for example. Yeah. Murder. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so things that maybe the Bible labels as, as an abomination, they just forget to read the rest of the things that the Bible labels labels. Yeah, which as includes an pride in your heart. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like gossip and stuff like that. Yeah, um, just so, telling lies is included in that. Yeah, yeah. but for example, if, like if if someone had been told that um, homosexuality was the unpardonable sin, hmm. and they were under the the preconceived idea that homosexuality was was something that they were born with. Hmm. Um, then they're they, basically under the preconception that God has predestined them to the unpardonable sin. Yeah, they're destined to be lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so the, the fact that the Bible does not present the unpardonable sin as homosexuality mm. is very good news, yeah. right? Or for, for you know the rest of us who are attracted to the same sex but fall into uh, adulterous ways of, you know, whether it's pornography or whatever, and we struggle with that, mm-hmm. and sometimes, anything like that, yeah. and sometimes, well, I mean, I'm going to be be out there and say that for me was one of the things that I, I felt like this has got to be the unpardonable sin when I was, you know, a younger Christian, just like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm I'm doing this thing over and over and over again, and it's mm. and it's completely abhorrent. Yeah, surely that, that was one of the, the same things for sin. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So that's. So if it's not the quality yeah. or the quantity, <laughs> then it's got to be something else. Yeah. So, so what you know? What other misconceptions are there out yeah. there? I think suicide is another one. Mm. The um the bus theory you talked about. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. Hey, let's mm-hmm. just let, just open up a little bit on the suicide one. Well, yep. a lot of people say that you know you need to you need to repent, and suicide doesn't give you an opportunity to repent because once you've done the act, then you're dead. So therefore. That must be the unpardonable sin. That, yeah. That's something that I, I have heard. And really speaking, that's not the way that Scripture paints it at all. As a matter of fact, Scripture is very much silent on specifics regarding suicide. Mm-hmm. But what we do have to draw from, from the text is that it is motives that count. That really and, matter. Yeah. That, that's really matter. And so if someone... Ha- and I'm not saying that it's ever a good thing for someone to take their life because no. that is a terrible, terrible thing that leaves repercussions that go on, go you know, through a family and through friends yeah. that you can never fix. But at the same time, it's important for us to recognize that if that person was doing it because they saw it was in their understanding, it was literally the only option that they had left to them, yeah. or they honestly thought that the people that were around them would be better off without them. They were wrong, but if that was what they believed, that was their motivation, you know. And so, yeah. I don't believe that God is going to hold those people accountable for that as a sin. Yeah. In that so, context. in other words, what you're saying is, if if they're going to be lost, it's most likely not going to be for that. That's right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be for a you know potentially a multitude of other. Things that that have kept them out, because because yeah. ultimately, if anyone's out of heaven, it's because they didn't want to be there, yes. right? You know, and what they mean? wouldn't be happy there even if exactly. they got there. Exactly, <laughs> yes. yep. exactly. Ultimately, if they had a choice, they wouldn't have wanted to be there. Yes. And I got to confess that that was something that I really struggled with, as as probably many of our listeners know. My dad did commit suicide, mm. and I I was under that conception that I thought that my dad was therefore automatically lost. Really, and that was really hard to deal with, you know, because mm. you would think from a Christian perspective that you know something like that might be easier to deal with but no i think it's harder unless you have a really really solid understanding of the gospel because you automatically you know think oh well there goes my chance of ever ever, you know seeing my dad again yeah Yeah. and how did that change for you how did you change that yeah it was actually a long process that i I couldn't really tell you like i couldn't put my finger on it and say this is this was the turning point Mm. but i think just just understanding like we did a topic uh, recently which I, I think probably would have been released before this one, um, where we talked about whether it's possible to be saved without knowing the name of Jesus, for mm. example, because my dad certainly didn't you know, confess to being a Christian in, in any way, shape or form. 
And so I, I suppose when I started understanding that more, mm. I started realizing that it was entirely possible that my dad loved principles of righteousness without you know, loving God because God had been so misrepresented by myself and <laughs> other Christians mm. that he thought of God as, as you know, a, a legalist virtually. Sure. Um, so I think coming to understand that really helped and, and also just understanding the nature of sin and salvation yeah, as mm. well. Because I, I suppose as a as a young Christian, I was tied up with the idea that sin was just behavioral, you know, um, immorality, I suppose you could say. Whereas that's really just the fruit of sin. Mm. You know, mm. Sin starts well before the behavior yeah. at it, it, the thoughts and the motives, like you said. Mm. Yeah. We probably should get back to what yeah, you were saying, bus. Ben, the bus theory. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave was talking to us before and he um, told us the bus theory, which is basically if you go out and sin and then... Get hit by a bus. Hit by a bus <laughs> before you have a chance to confess. It, it's um, it's the same as um, suicide, basically. Um, in you're, the fact you're that outside of God's protection at because the time you, of death. Yeah, because you've you've sinned and then you haven't had a chance to repent. Mm. Yeah. So just to be I clear, <laughs> just to be clear, that's a theory. That's not my theory. <laughs> 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 yes. So yeah, yeah, a lot of people believe that if if you have not confessed your sin, like very literally confessed your sin mm-hmm. at the moment of death, then unfortunately you're lost. Mm. Yeah. You, you could have lived the absolutely perfect life, but just that one little thing. Yeah. yeah. Which again, just I just want to reiterate something I said at the beginning. Mm. How, how bad is it on, on our part as Christians to believe something like that? As far as how much does that take away from God and the act that he has, he has like, mm. well, not the act that he has gone to, but the effort that he has gone to, to save us. Mm. And we say, oh, well, if we didn't confess our sin, we're lost. Yeah. I mean, seriously? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. It reiterates the importance of having such a, uh, a strong relationship with God. Mm. Because when you've strengthened that relationship, you have that, that level of trust that you know that, God's looking for reasons to get you into heaven, not keep you out. Yes. yes. Amen. Love mm. the way you said that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the other um, the other aspect to this is that I heard a, a pastor refer to it once as that mode of thinking being salvation pinball. It's sort of mm-hmm. like you're bouncing around from save, not save. Every time you have an impure thought, every time you, you gossip, every time and you like fall in and out of salvation. It's like, oh, saved. Oh, five minutes. Oh, no, not saved yeah. now. Oh, he repented. Okay, he's okay again. Oh, no, five minutes. Later, no, now he's not. He's out now. That concept wouldn't it give God nausea? <laughs> yeah, I know. Keeping track of that for you know multiple billions of people at any given moment that that not to give anyone nausea, <laughs> but the the con- that concept of God actually reflects incredibly poorly on His character mm. because then it changes Him into the opposite kind of God, the God that's trying to keep you out because He's trying to measure everything you did wrong and mm. make sure that you're doing the right thing at the right time. And oh, He's dead. Oh, okay, He's saved. Whew, that was a tough one. Yeah, lucky you confessed. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Last last minute, eleventh hour stuff, and, and that is just such a poor image well, of God. It puts the onus of our salvation on us. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it instead definitely of, does. Yeah. Instead of the onus of our salvation being on the gift of God, it's, that's it's, profound. It's all about us. That's profound. That makes it a self-centered salvation. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's and and that's the way that most Christians live their lives. Yes, sadly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and oh, lest I sound like I'm pointing the finger, mm. that's the way that we are naturally wired to live our lives because of the fall. Mm. Yeah, that's the human nature, isn't it? Yes. To to make self central. Mm. I mean, as we were discussing before, we we all suffered um, from this in our early Christian yeah, walk. Yeah, yeah. The unpardonable sin syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I guess the point that we're that we're expressing to you guys is work on that you know the, the classic statement right work on the relationship with God the your salvation is not tied to your individual acts that is not to say that they don't matter and that sin doesn't matter mm-hmm. but that is to say that as you live your life the goal is your trajectory to be closer and closer to God not further and further away from yeah. him yeah. So your individual decisions do matter, but you're not in a divine pinball game where you're going to, you know, go down one of the holes and, yeah. you know, not come out. Well, the more and more you um, become one with the God who who made the one act that really does matter, yes, um, the more our acts will become in alignment with that act, right? Right. And so, yeah, the the more we focus on on who God is and, and how that impacts our lives, the better we will become. Mm. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's not focus on the external. So let's focus on what's going on on the inside. Mm. Um, that's what. That's where the rubber really meets the road. Mm. And can I just can I just reiterate again something like I shared with with my friend who was having that that struggle when mm. I was Bible working. If if we are living, if we are breathing, mm. there is hope. Mm. Right, Jesus Amen. is enough for whatever you're struggling with, mm. and I'm struggling with some stuff. I don't know about you guys, but I struggle mm. with some stuff. Yeah, and and sometimes you question whether Jesus is enough, mm. not not in the sense that His sacrifice is enough, because I know that, mm. but is He enough to get my heart? Yeah, and that's yeah. really where the question lies, isn't it? Mm. But Jesus yeah. is enough. All yeah. we've got to do is keep putting him central in our focus. Yeah. And the, the more and more central he becomes in our focus, the more captivated our hearts will become and everything else will fade away into insignificance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, amen. Well, that's a great note for us to wrap up. Guys, thank you so much for being with us through this episode and we look forward to catching up with you next week. As usual, let us know what you think. Tell us in the comments. Let us know on social media. And if you enjoyed it and you think that it's something that other people should know about, please share it with your friends because that's the only way we can grow. We love uh, hearing from you guys and we hope to see you guys next week. We'll catch you then. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that i'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating and ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast and so if you'd like to help us do that jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards but at different levels there are different benefits different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours if you can't afford that we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.